One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the truth of it. I'm making my way northeast, 
through the emerald fields and verdant forests of the Lingus Straits. One morning, fresh from another good night's sleep in my mother's house. Before I sent her once again to her grisly death last night, I told my mother that it would be a beautiful morning out here today. A clear and empty sky, and crystalline dew upon the fresh grass. And so it is. <laughs> Perhaps that's only a coincidence, in fairness. How powerful can one saint be? Am I really so arrogant to believe that the winds and clouds can turn on a single word from me? But even if it is only coincidence, why not revel in it? What is a saint, if not the unshackling of possibility? What am I, if not limitless? So I walk on, ignoring the occasional buzzes in my ear from the command center back in Glottage, the politicians and generals who want to scold me for not moving fast enough, for killing the wrong sorts of people, for not reporting to them frequently enough. These reports tell the commanders back home nothing they can meaningfully act upon, but my compliance reassures them that they're in control of me. They're losing their war, so they're leaning on me. I cross an empty highway. I descend into the valley. I encounter one woodsman who offers me coffee, and I consider, briefly, turning him into my mother and murdering him for that extra bite of satisfaction. I have yet to watch my mother decapitate herself with a woodsman's axe, after all. But his unadorned kindness is soft, like my mother's hands on the days when she knew how to be kind and soft. And the coffee is a welcome respite, and if I have become a limitless thing, I must be capable of showing mercy. So I let the woodsman live. And I tell him that later this afternoon, he'll fell an old oak. And in its rotten hollow, he will find a hidden hoard of gold and silver from the nation's forgotten past. Enough to live on for the rest of his days. He thinks I'm joking. But the idea of his future happiness is its own kind of satisfaction, which... which... pleases me. As I walk on, I sing, and I tell myself and the clear bright sky that my singing is in tune and harmonious. Even though the woman whose ruined shell I'm inhabiting, she never knew how to sing. And her mother always told her she sounded like a fox in heat. And do you know what? It sounds pretty damn harmonious to me. And then, 
All at once, I stop singing. Because I come to a place that used to be a town. The sign by the roadside says, Dutler's Weald. This one's been bombed overnight. The rescue teams haven't found it yet. The air raid sirens are still crying like infants upon their battered steel poles. It's just me out here. With the dead, and the gone, and the shapeless uniformity of the concrete rubble. We really must be on the verge of defeat, I think. Because we're running out of saints. And so we're resorting to regular munitions. Unhallowed secular missiles filled with nothing but explosives. They do a great deal less harm than the God Rockets, so we fired a great many more of them. The streets of Dutler's Weald have been flattened out. The buildings have become termite hills. Grave mounds. I walk, and I walk, and I count the bodies, or what? passes for bodies. They're easy to spot. You just have to watch for the crows. Nearly 50 limbs have been scattered across the wreckage of Dutler's Weald, alone and stiff upon the tarmac, or jutting up from beneath the half-sunken ruins. Countless others, no doubt, buried beneath their homes or their air raid shelters. Fingers held in beaks. To die. Trapped beneath the weight of your own security and comfort. Choking on the dust of your material possessions. The bed that bore you. The books that defined you suffocated under the warm bodies of the people who loved you. Well, I suppose that's the same fate that awaits us all. But rarely is it quite so literal. They'll bury these bodies with bulldozers and with steamrollers when the rescue party comes. They'll flatten out the rubble because it's easier than uprooting it. And they'll build something else here. There's no industry. No tanks, no rocket installations, nothing here worth bombing, nothing here that could make a difference. 
This high street laid claim only to the same identical betting shops, corner shops, tired cafes and markets full of rotting fruit and vegetables, the same billboards and the same slow economic collapse that we had back home. Now it's nothing but the same broken remains. The entire northern coast of the peninsula must look just like this. You, now, the ones listening to my idling progress from back home in Glottage, you're telling yourselves. <laughs> Val cannot possibly be growing angry over something like this. How dare she, the hypocrite? How can this thing, this monster, this battle saint possibly find any kind of righteous anger in her twisted and repurposed heart for the lives of the fallen foe? How does our terrible Val think she can justify any kind of anger at the sight of the flattened and buried corpses of enemy civilians and enemy children when we've already been listening to her murder police officers, soldiers and townsfolk single-handedly in turn? How can she be furious when we've heard her butcher her way through the little old ladies of the CLS in the hopeless effort to murder her own faraway mother? See? You can be sacred, and yet self-aware. Yes, I am culpable. I am dreadful. I have been responsible for great atrocities, and I will commit a great many more before I'm done. And still, I am growing furious as I walk through the devastation of this town. Because the wound of Sutler's Weald is not like any wound I would make. It's clumsy. It's crude. It's thoughtless. I begin to tell myself, as I walk, I wouldn't have murdered them like this. I would have been kinder. I would have killed them quickly or gracefully. And there would have been beauty and strangeness in the manner of it. And even if that's all deception, even if I had been cruel and slow and lingering in the massacre of these innocent people upon my whim, I would at least have looked them in the eyes. And I would have borne the weight of my cruelty. If they'd asked me to, I could have killed this town beautifully. And I would have borne witness to the horror. And I would have rejoiced in it. And it would have been considerably less vile and ugly than this. The ones back home, the ones who are listening in, I don't think they know what they've done here. The line of connection between the victim and the victimizer, the sacrifice and the god, it's long and tangled and indistinct. 
a god should not be able to avert her eyes. What a terrible thing it must be to be monstrous and not even know it. And even if all of this is lies, even if I am just as bad and just as careless as the people back home who did this to Sutler's Weald, well then, let me hate them, pure and simply for being just as bad as me. Because people People should be kinder than the gods that eat them. The town square is largely intact. A few burning cars, a single shrine, and a statue to some goddess of victory, her snapped-off arm raised in imagined triumph. I sit down upon the pavement in the ruined heart of the town, and I tell the dead people of Sutler's Weald beautiful lies. I tell them that they survived, in their hundreds, miraculously and inexplicably dodging the bombs, not a single victim, not one death. An act of divine mercy. When that doesn't work, I tell them that they were buried properly, according to whatever rites or customs they happen to cherish. When that doesn't work, I try and turn them into my mother again, in the hopes of making the dead people hateful to me. When that doesn't work, I tell them that I'm sorry. I tell them I wish they still had ears to become all the wondrous imaginings I had in store for them. I tell them that all things considered they deserved a better avenging and foreign god. A better tormentor, a better oblivion than the one that was forced upon them. I tell them. I will find a way to give them something better. When I wake, I'm standing on an empty road. Five miles east of Bellwethers. And it's still not dawn. My head throbs. My tongue rasps upon my teeth. I don't have my gas mask with me, and my bare feet are raw and bloodied upon the ruined asphalt and my face is cut and bleeding from my passage through the hedgerows. 
and standing in the road before me are the abominable signs of an unexpected miracle. The concrete in the center of the road has erupted. Rising high above me, its knotted branches still shifting and writhing, is a great black tree. There's a dead fox dangling from the branches, a chicken still drooping in its jaws. Golden pelt and golden feathers, both stained with the same dark blood. The many below, the wound tree, my god, my hated child, has led me out from the safety of my house, through the polluted lands and the hungering godwinds, through the grace and the ruins of bellwethers, walking me like, like a puppet, right into the living lands, so it could feed. The exact same voice that bellows in my head about the reckoning that's to come for all of us unworthy sinners is a mouth without a face. A pitiful thing that feasts upon carrion when we don't have richer meat to offer it. It could have killed me bringing me out here like this. Perhaps it didn't care. But when my god was done feeding, it left me here so I could see what it had done. <laughs> like a proud child displaying its first hunting trophy. Like, like a cat presenting its catches. <laughs> like it thought I'd be impressed. Everyone and everything has their limit, I suppose. If there's hope for any of us, it's in that. And so I gaze up at the two pairs of dead black eyes upon the empty road. And suddenly, I know exactly what has to change. Tonight on Hard Truths with Samton Cannon. Military recruiters in the far-flung true south report being met with boarded-up doors and abandoned farms, while students at Greater Glottage University stage a sit-in protest against the draft. Has the peninsula become god-shy, and could a new community service deity be the answer to cynical attitudes amongst the nation's youth? This is Chuck Harm with news from Nesh. And if you're listening in from the other side of the channel, I just want to say thank you, my Peninsulan friend. If you've tuned into my broadcast, I can only imagine it's because you have questions. And my friend, I'm going to answer those questions. I'm going to give you something that your government is never going to give you. The truth. Truth number one. Your government are the aggressors in this war. We did not begin it and we did not seek it. Truth number two. This new draft, my friend. We're hearing this from our side of the channel. We're not laughing at you. We're horrified. Because where, where are your standing auxiliaries? Your prisons were full of sentenced criminals this time last year, my friend. Your government has been robbing you. Saints, weapons, supplies. Do you know what we hear about the number of trucks filled with protective gear or rifles that just go missing on their way to the Peninsulan front? 
Your soldiers are barely equipped. Your rights are being stripped away before your eyes. Your leaders are mocking you. When do you rise oh. up and take a... Uh, Widow, I... I... I didn't think you'd be coming today. So... why are you here? So people can see the meetings are still going ahead. And that means you sit up here alone and shuffle papers for an hour? Yes. <laughs> I got you a coffee. Uh... Give me the briefing, Elgin. Intake. This week, seven coming up the old road. We intercepted them at the abandoned gas station. Disarmed them, questioned them, led them back to us. Seven, that's... A new record. Good. Where are they coming from? They were fruit pickers. Apparently their boss had been angling to sacrifice one of them to something called the Mary Berry Bunch. They said they'd been looking out here for us for weeks. Anything in their story that doesn't add up? I don't know. A few of them are a little guarded, a little quiet. More than likely, they're just in shock. You think we need to keep them locked up, apart from everyone else? <sighs> You'll do two things, Algen. Firstly, make sure they hear you talking about our other cells. In Glottage, in Nesh, our comrades working to build the network from overseas and in the heart of our cities. Mention it offhand. See who asks the follow-up questions. Second, let them know a new task's been added to the work rota. While the rootkeeper is away on the business of the faith, the Widow of Wounds will be taking over the broadcast from the radio tower. The outside world needs to know what kind of paradise we're building here. I'm looking for an assistant who can help me with the technical side of things. I don't understand. A spy will need to get a message out and they'll certainly want to ingratiate themselves with me. So we watch, to see who comes forward and what they do next. Second item on the agenda? Losses. Six. Harrier's party were scouting about to the south, in the hills. They ran into another group. Words were exchanged. Shots were fired. River God worshippers from the White Gull, we think. Guessing they've got a temple in the area. Harrier died first. The tree took his killer, and four more of theirs, and five more of ours. A couple got away on either side. You were right. And I'm sorry. We needed to make the attempt. When's the memorial service? Tomorrow at midday. Expect me there. Next item on the agenda, Elgin? One from Dan. He says he's seen a woman out in the hills when he's been patrolling the westward wall. Three nights in a row. An older woman dressed in gray, no gas mask, no protective clothing, walking through the godwinds. And she was singing. 
He says it wasn't an angel. He, uh, says he yelled out the wound tree's protective prayers to expel the apparition, but it didn't react and it didn't seem to hear him. <laughs> okay, uh, is there anyone who isn't Dan who's seen this woman? No. <sighs> Change the rota. I'll take a turn out on the western wall tomorrow. You can patrol the day after. Pick a few more reliable people. Let me know if they see anything. Um, and that's all our items. Did you have... Two. Two items. First item, Elgin. I want you to take the vodka and the schnapps that's in the storeroom, and I want you to lock it away separately. You can have the key. You decide who gets access and who doesn't. Nobody else. Make sure everyone gets a snifter tonight for Harrier's Wake. Of course. Is there a problem? I'm the problem. Second item. I need you to find me a book. Upon the Birthing of Gods, Professor Elaine Trask, Revised Edition? I want you to find me the unrevised edition. It'll be an old book, 30 years old, and about twice as thick as this. A lot's been excised. Ask our raiding parties to keep an eye out for it in the farmlands. Maybe in a back room or a safe. Whatever they can find. Yes, Widow. My name is Paige. Is that everything? Oh, uh, one thing. Did you hear the news from Fenton this morning? I've been trying to stay away from the radio. Someone hit the power plant down there last night. Wiped out half the town. The prison, too. A lot of civilian casualties. And this morning, what sounds like a lot of panic and glottage. Fenton supplied about a fifth of the national grid. Sam Kincannon says it was a linger strike, an act of unwarranted atrocity that requires international condemnation. And across the border, Chuck Harm is blaming it on us. Dan's already telling everyone in camp that it was the Rootkeeper's doing, a miracle and a revelation delivered by the Wound Tree, and our first great victory against the state. So I hope you weren't planning on denying it. Do we even have people in Fenton? I don't know. I... Paige, I've been trying all morning to find out. Nobody's come from that far south. It could be us, it could be people operating in our name, it could all be a setup. Did we just commit an atrocity? Did we just kill hundreds of the prisoners we swore to free? Are we about to face a mutiny out here because Dan keeps running his mouth off? I've... I've got no fucking idea. I don't know what's coming. It's other people, isn't it? That's what makes me want to down a bottle of schnapps. I swear, I could run things pretty well out here if it wasn't for the... The disorder, the unpredictability, the madness of other fucking people. Yeah. It's unmanageable. It's chaos. But you know what, Elgin? The only miracles that have ever fallen into my lap as a welcome surprise 
the only acts of true, unexpected grace. They've come right back to the disorder, the unpredictability, the madness of other fucking people. Not gods. Other fucking people. So, maybe something good will come of this. out what happened to my uncle. There's been a mistake. I think he was listed as unemployed, but he's still under one of the Saints' commercial contracts. We've got all the paperwork. I just need to get him released. These are the silk buses. Could someone please put me through to Damon Alliance? They keep telling us we all have to make sacrifices because of the war. And fine, the war's important. We have to protect ourselves. Nobody's disputing that. But I've seen empty trucks and government marked crates by the roadside. I've seen ration packs being handed out to schools instead of canteen lunches. These are the sealed verses. Calling again. Just leaving another message for Madeline Turley and Kale Brown. Hi, yeah, these are the sealed verses. Can I speak to Sarah Griffin and Reese Lawton, please? So, I've heard a lot of conspiracy theorists, right, saying that, oh, it's in the interest of the legislatures to continue refusing peace talks with the Lingus Straits, even if we're losing, because all the adjudicators have got contracts in place with their friends in industry, which means they're making money off all the emergency sacrifices, or, or, or they, they know this ends in surrender, but there's also no elections right now, so they're going to raid the coffers for as long as they can before our defences give out. It's all bullshit. Hi, it's the Silk Versus again. Uh, really is trying to track down Marta de Silva, made to broom for Jimmy Yamaguchi. I cancelled my energy contract. I threw out a little bobblehead sink. I know it's not much, but we have to take a stand. We all have to fight back however we can. Because otherwise, how is it all going to end? I understand that, sir, but we can still make it work. I think we can still make it work, but we've got to have that blackout. And it's got to cover cottage as well. I'll wait back to hear from you. Sir? We're taking care of our people, aren't we? The whole team's been busting their asses out there to keep the grid up and running. And it'd mean a lot to know that there's no risk of... Okay. I'll tell him that. Thank you, sir. And good luck to you, too. Visitors. 
vital part of the team here at the Greater Glottage National Grid. By acting as a hallowed vessel for the St. Electric's endless generation of sacred energy, I ensure that the cage maiden keeps watching over our engineering team's crucial work, regulating the flow of power to territories all across the country. And I guarantee that she continues to bestow her blessings of warmth, light, and heat to homes just like yours. Press the red button to give me an extra dose of voltage. Gather around everyone. Come on. Moss, Amos, Silverwood. Listen up. We got a long night ahead of us. I don't want to see anyone without a coffee in their hands. The Grinding Lord is your chosen god for the night, and all of you love him very, very much. As you know, last night the linger strikes hit the plant up at Fenton. That puts us down by 21% across the entire Peninsulan grid. The bosses have formally written into the legislatures to request a nationwide rolling blackout. One hour off-grid at a time, followed by a total domestic blackout from midnight until 6, so we can redistribute the load, keep corporate and military running at full power. If the blackout is approved, and if Glottage is included in that, and if we can then cut back further in the south and southeast, that puts us right back up and we can breathe easy. I've assigned each of you to a territory. Check the schedule, memorize the blackout hours. We can't afford any mistakes. You think they'll shut Glottage down, Chief? <sighs> At a time like this, why wouldn't all of us pull together to fix things? <laughs> Bosses are still negotiating. We've also spoken to GGR and the other radio stations. Asked them to switch down for the night. Put out a broadcast encouraging all citizens to stop using power, unless in case of extreme emergency. While we're waiting for that to happen, I want you all coordinating with your regional operatives. Make them understand the gravity of what we're facing. Hey, uh, Chief? Go on, Moss. You've heard what people are saying? I have absolutely no idea what people are saying, Moss. No. I've been getting on with my job. Will you enlighten me? Um... They're saying it wasn't a strike in Fenton. They're saying the bosses were calling in contracts. You know, to... to keep up with demand since last week. They, they, they're saying that they ran out of purchased sacrifices, so they were calling in contracts. First the cleaners, then the administrative staff. All of them offered up to the saint. Then one worker, she was bearing wound trees marks, and, uh... Yeah, and she was... Quiet! Quiet! Moss, you can use the name of that lingered deity as much as you like in your own home. I won't have it spoken in our place of work. We're professionals. Are we clear? Yeah. Sorry, Chief. Silverwood, a single human sacrifice. What does the saint return for that offering? Give me the math. Not much. 
as an average, just under 200 kilowatt hours. For a skinny fucker like Moss, you can have that. That's maybe 50 homes lit for the night. That's less than a single factory. It's nothing. It's penny pinching. It wouldn't make any difference. It doesn't help them to have any of us coming to harm. Things are hard in the plants right now. We know that. But not so hard that they're going to start calling in contracts out here. They need us just as much as we need them, remember. You're all trained. You're all experienced. Nobody in this room is replaceable. If you can't trust in that, trust in me. I'm not going to let harm come to any of us. Am I? Right, Chief. Right. All right. Back to your places. The St. Electric may be born in turbines and steam, my fine folks, but she's channeled and driven through our dancing fingertips. Her signal shall never cease. Her current shall forever flow, and we're the ones who make it happen. Let's make it a smooth night for everyone out there now. Come on. It's Grieve. Are you... Are you there? Yes, I am here. Still at work. What can I do for you? We were expecting the announcement in the press this morning. We're ready for it. You saw the lingers hit the Fenton plant, didn't you? That's, that's taken up most of the government's attention today. It's... I don't want to bore you with details, adjudicator, but it's becoming increasingly urgent on our end that we get the announcement out there as soon as possible. Our people need to know they're safe. We are... we're still working on it. Uh, look, I actually meant to get back to you about this. I, Adjudicator, uh... if this is about the Weathermark, I think it's important that we're honest with one another. The Weathermark is no longer a particular requirement for our deal to go ahead, as it's been explained to me. What we need from the parish now, uh, what I have been told that we need to help with the war effort is, uh... It's bodies. Bodies? Is that living or dead? I presume living to begin with. I'm going to be honest with you, Katabasian. As far as I'm concerned, I made a bargain for the safety of your people. 
for the security of your people, and it was my intention to honor that. It is still my intention to honor that. I'm going to push back. I fully intend to push back. I just don't, uh... I don't have a plan yet, and these people do nothing but lie to you, and everything is still in their hands. So... If I need to speak to High Catabasian Romont about this, or uh, Catabasian Mason, I, I will gladly do so. I'll explain the situation to them, and we can go from there. I'll deal with Romont and Mason. You don't need to worry about that. Are you drinking? Yep. <laughs> I'm drinking too. <laughs> what are you having? Schnapps. Vodka. It's early. Feels immensely late. Shall we toast? I think let's toast. Devlin. Drowned, dragged, delivered. Damn. Ah. Might be the last time I can say that one. To your very good health, then. I think I might have some good news for you, Judicator. If it's bodies your people need, then we can provide them for you. And it'll be no injury to us. An acceptable sacrifice. Last year, you and men went to a place called the Paraclete's Gulch with a pair of god hunters. It was a crucial part of Mason's bargain with you that our followers there should be spared. I think you should go there again, quickly, before they make their move. I imagine you'll find a large quantity of bodies at the gulch, which the parish can stand to lose. Not your people? Not any longer. How many? Close to 300. Well defended, I'm afraid. Let me get back to you. This is Carson. It's, uh, <laughs> it's true, press secretary. Is now a good time? Uh, yeah, 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 no, you're good. Just at home, winding down, pouring myself a strawberry mojito. <laughs> what can I do you for, Shrew? Uh, I've heard back on the River God, the license request, a body count. They've got, um, maybe a few thousand followers in total up and down the water, but, uh, they're, they're really scattered. The, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yes, I remember. Okay, Shrew, uh, that's not really what we're looking for, um. But, 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 they've got close to 400 bodies in a known location who 
they'd be happy to give up at once in exchange for us speeding things along. Huh. How quickly? With enough manpower, we could take them in tonight. <laughs> uh, tonight, maybe pushing it. Uh, but that's that's helpful, Shrew. That's that's seriously helpful. You see what happened at Fenton? I did. We told the Saints people, how can you remain neutral when it's your property being blown up? <laughs> they said they're insured. Oh, uh, yeah, just to give you a heads up, uh, seems like there's going to be a blackout later tonight. In your territory, not here in Glottage. AJ wants to show our global traders here in the city that we can keep the lights on, even in wartime. <laughs> and the Saints people have their corporate offices here, so of course they're pushing for it too. Anyway, the point is, the National Grid needs more bodies, and we need them quickly. So, you, you have picked your moment well. <sighs> Did you know how much power is stolen off the grid every year, Shrew? It's about 100 terawatts hours per year, according to the Saints people. It's fucking killing us. When you bring your River Gods people on board, you make damn sure you sign them up to a rolling contract. <clears throat> on that note, Press Secretary, if you want us to proceed with the licensing approvals, I'm really happy to take that back to HA's office. Uh, no, no, no need. You're ready, aren't you? Yes. I'm ready. Then to hell with the red tape. Let's get this done. <laughs> I'll put out a release first thing tomorrow. Start booking you in for press interviews. You can bring the elders in, buy them a bus ticket into town for the ceremonies. Hose them down if you have to. Is that simple? Why wouldn't it be? Congratulations, Shrew. You and I, we're mending the peninsula one broken faith at a time. <laughs> Oh, and next week, remember, the summit. We need solutions on the wound tree more than ever, with all this belt tightening going on. We'll send a car to pick you up. Got your thinking cap on? Yes, press secretary. Looking forward to it. You got it. All right. Sleep well when sleep comes. Don't let the bed gods bite. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> uh. You get through to Val yet? Okay, try her again. <sighs> Chief, are you okay? Close the door behind you, Silverwood. What's happened? Just spoke to head office again. They have an update for us. Glottage isn't budging on the blackout. And the bosses aren't moving either. Even the fucking radio station! Greater Glottage Radio has sought governmental permission to continue its nightly broadcasts of Carly, Cape, Rise, or Polkratune, as it believes the show fulfills an essential purpose of maintaining morale. It is, however, content to pause regional programming for the sake of the greater good. We're getting crumbs. 
Nothing but crumbs. The rest of the country could go dark until tomorrow lunchtime, and we'd still have a deficit. So, what happens now? He says... He says we all need to pull together. Make a few sacrifices. You could give every one of us up to the saint tonight, and it wouldn't be a blip on the grid. I told him that. He says he knows. He told me we were lucky. Plants are being asked to cut back on non-essential personnel by 10%. That means we're only losing one. His department's losing six administrative assistants, he said. I told him I should be the one if anyone needs to go. He said, don't be a fool. I'm essential personnel. At a time like this, everyone needs to think pragmatically. Everyone needs to show willing. <laughs> Feels like there's two kinds of pragmatism out there tonight. We need to be reasonable enough to lower our heads to the chopping block. And in return, the bosses will be reasonable enough to swing the fucking axe. It has to be Moss, right? I mean, I love that fucking boy like my own son. But he's run his mouth off too many times. And if it's anyone else, they'll all tell me it should have been Moss. He's practically up in arms as a renegade as it is. Why punish me when he's the one who's disloyal? It has to be Moss. And it's his own damn fault. You said we were safe, Chief. No one's safe. You know that as well as anyone. Who's ever been safe? It's a bad night. It's a night we couldn't have seen coming. We... We just have to get through tonight as close to intact as possible. What happens tomorrow night? Maybe they'll have found a better way by then. They'll have figured out a solution. Do you believe that, Chief? 200 kilowatt hours. They keep their lights burning in glottage. Keep playing their stupid fucking radio serials. They keep their belts moving on through the night. And they tell us we need to do our part. And show willing. They tell us to be pragmatic. They tell us to be reasonable. If it makes it easier, boss. We've already discussed it amongst ourselves. And we're not giving up Moss for the sake of their war. We're not giving up anyone, in fact. We're taking a stand. Discussed it when? Start of the night? You didn't believe me then when I said to trust me. You're a good boss, Chief, but... Uh... Still a boss. Yeah. We can lock you in the storage closet. Say we overpowered you. This can be our decision. It doesn't have to be yours. No. <laughs> no. I'm not having anyone say you fucking overpowered me. Not now, and not ever. Have you seen yourselves? Bunch of whippery desk jockeys. Not an ounce of muscle on any of you. I'd never live it down. Tell everyone I'm coming through. 
I've got something I need to say to them. Some of you have families and children. A few of you poor antisocial bastards only have the people in this room for love and company. None of you deserve to die. And if we down tools tonight, we'll die. Simple as that. It won't make much of a difference either. Matter of fact, we might only make things worse. They'll find people to replace us who aren't trained and don't know the tools, and they'll stretch them thinner and work them harder. The current will flow. The signal will not cease. We won't change anything past tonight. Me? I'll be happy so long as my corpse trips one of those fuckers up. I'll take that moment as my victory. If you feel differently, I want you to know that I love you and I will always be proud of you. And you will need to end your shift now. Leave the compound and not look back. We'll say you clocked out early before any of it started. Two hundred fucking kilowatts. That's what you mean to them. They tell you to be reasonable, to be rational to accept what's coming as a plain inevitability when they're the ones who made it happen. When they're still letting it happen! That's what they call reasonable. So this is what I'm thinking. If they're the reasonable ones, their reason's not for me. I'd rather die mad and raging than live on with their good sense. And if the saint has any true fucking power, if she isn't bound and broken just like the rest of us, then let her strike me down here in her temple. Let her show! That settles it then. Kill your gods. Is anyone leaving? Set the schedule, boss. Give your orders. Boss is what I call the prick in the head office. Tonight, I'd like you to call me Francis. Francis Webb, if you want to be formal about it. We're with you all the way. Francis. First, call anyone you've got final words for. Then, if you trust your regional ops, call them as well. Tell them they'll be next. Pass the word down the line. It all goes dark tonight. Every substation, every street. Then we barricade the doors, we shut the compound gates, and we wreak havoc upon our controls. We're going to show them what our expertise is worth. We're going to make the saint bleed. 
They'll try calling us first. Then they'll try overriding our control. After that, they'll send a team out. When they can't get in, they'll resort to harder measures. We'll be dead by morning at the very latest. If you want to die swinging, find something fit for the purpose. If you'd rather go softly, head to the roof. It'll be a beautiful night for stars. It's Moss. It's happening. It, just like we talked about, I... I'm not going home. And I need you to know, I love you. I love you so damn much. We're all being robbed. We're being robbed. And we can't do anything about it, because we've already agreed that gods must be fed and the war effort's what really matters. Show them fear. That's what I say. Show them fear. The Wound Trees people, they've got the right. So what's really going on? The Peninsula and the Lingus Straits aren't enemies. They chose to go to war with each other so they can take on the real enemy. It's a god of peace. They call it the Soothing Soul. It's infiltrated every level of both governments and the only way to root it out is all-out war. It's everything. I know you're there. Stop transferring me, damn it! I want my uncle's body returned to me. I want it released, and I want a full explanation and an apology. That shouldn't be hard. You killed him. You killed him, and you can't even say you're sorry? How can you be so inept? How can you be so careless? I can keep calling back, and I'll call as many times as it takes until you tell me... Hello? Hello? We all know the war's a lost cause. We all know the polluted lands are spreading further and further out, and the fighting's only made it worse. We know the gods are lashing out, we know we can't possibly keep sustaining our offerings at the current rates to keep them placated. Maybe there's nothing we can do to turn things around for ourselves now. But if it's too late to save ourselves, does this really have to be our final dance? The same old steps we've always known? Even if it doesn't save us, even if it doesn't help, What's left to lose? Break a few windows. Dance naked and wild and angry while the darkness falls. Couldn't we prove ourselves capable of that? I just think...
don't actually know when this is going to be broadcast, of course, since GGR itself is currently off the air. It's now almost midnight, and out here in the streets of Cottage, close to two million homes, transport, commercial properties, industries, all have gone dark. We understand that outside the city, the situation is much the same. And uh, as you can probably hear behind me, uh, quite a considerable number of citizens have been gathering throughout the day along Haman's Road in the heart of the city. Um, they are ignoring heated calls to disperse, showing no signs of heading to bed. There's a lot of anger out here towards government, a lot of anger here towards the church electric. They can kill a man by mistake without apologizing a hundred times a day, but they can't keep the lights on. They devour us, body and spirit, one by one, and save the warrant. But they can't keep the lights on. They are losing their war. How many of us have lost loved ones to the planet? How many more are we going to lose? When are we going to let them know? Once and for all, that enough is enough. For God must be. Maybe it can be on them for a change. Fuck the Electric. Fuck the St. Electric. I'm marching up to the Moradam tonight, and I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. Who's coming with me? Who's coming with me? My order of the legislatures, you have 60 seconds to disperse. Aliens in the line will make you eligible for lawful sacrifice to the foe. I don't care what's cool. I don't care. You get onto the Saints people, you get through to them however you can. You run down to their offices and smash a fucking window if you have to, and you tell them they need to fix this. The grid's going back up tonight, or we're finished with them. That is not an idle threat. That is not a bluff. I will drive them into the fucking sea. They need to fix this. Thanks. Hey, look at that. The light should have come on over Glottage at dusk. It's pitch black out there. Power lines aren't humming either. Something happen? Must be a blackout. Huh. Maybe we've overthrown the government. Oh, that was quick. 
Yeah, a real weight off my shoulders, if I'm honest with you. Okay, shall we head on home? Maybe Paige's people have taken down the power grid. The lingers, I mean. <laughs> I suppose we're Paige's people now. Nice to see the stars out here, at least. My mother used to tell me there's gods in the stars, but we mustn't worship them because they belong to worlds beyond ours. I like that thought. There's nothing we can ask from them, and there's nothing they can take from us. But we get a little free light from them all the same. Carpenter, what's the opposite of a sacrifice? fuck are you talking about? Paige didn't know either. Can I ask you something, Hayward? Go on. Are you afraid to die? Hmm. I think this kind of talk is probably why Paige is so worried about you. Yeah. Of course. But you have to keep going, don't you? You have to press on. But maybe that's exactly the problem. Carpenter died years ago. I'm her ghost. Nothing more. Still pressing on. Refusing to stop. No matter what. After I lost my job, I had nothing. Most of me wanted to lie down and call it quits. And I don't even know why I pressed on, but I did. And even now, I mean... Paige didn't want me coming out here to recruit this adjudicator. She certainly didn't want you coming with me. I said that we needed to make something happen. We had to force some real progress outside of our own walls. For the sake of the movement. For the sake of keeping this thing growing. And I meant it. I was being entirely 100% honest. I get out here. And suddenly, it all starts hitting me wrong. And I think, well, maybe it wasn't 100% honesty after all. Maybe there was a little performance in it too. Because I felt stagnant. Looking at lists, trying to cheer people up every damn day. And I didn't feel cheerful myself. On the roads, always. It's always where I've been happiest. Destinations just made me realize I'm sick of myself. What's, um. What's one of those electrical things that just keeps on going? Hmm... Like a, uh... A dynamo? You and I, Hayward. We're dynamos. We're a pair of old, worn-out engines. The belt's wearing down, and maybe the product's no longer coming out like it used to. I can't remember when it started, or if it's doing any good rolling onwards like that, but it's too afraid to stop. 
Do you know what I mean? The whole damn world's an engine. And all of us just keep feeding ourselves in. Because it feels like stopping now could only end in disaster. Everything burns out in the end, though. It has to. Lights are back on. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.